When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here today, as always, with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So on this week's episode, which uh, we're recording as Oscar week kicks off, we have a bunch of different items from around the world to ponder. Angelina Jolie eating all sorts of insect delicacies in Cambodia. We have Beyonce to check in on, who made a whole flurry of appearances this past week. And Lindsay Lohan uh, got up to all sorts of nonsense as well, which we need to discuss. In the limelight international. Yeah, I know. We're, we're going everywhere. We will also, surprise, surprise, touch base with Meghan Markle, our Suits star extraordinaire and kind of the muse of this podcast who continues to be on a mission to create positive energy. But first, Josh, I want to hear last week, again, you took out your tux, took it out on the town for New York Fashion Week. How was the Yeezy show? So Fashion Week, as we talked about last time, the champagne vending machine, and I think that remains my highlight of Fashion Week. I have, admittedly, I didn't attend very many events or shows this year, but I did go to the Kanye West show, which was interesting (laughs) i had been this is my third i guess of his fashion shows last year wasn't it madison square garden yeah so well the last two were both these like outsized super intense you know the, the one a year ago was at madison square garden where there was like this giant tarp and like all these like hundreds of models like underneath this tarp and they're blasting his music all the kardashians were there you know caitlin lamar odom it was like such a spectacle and then Last fall, he did one on this island, Roosevelt Island, where all these journalists and fashion writers had to trek out. It wasn't that far, but they trekked out to Roosevelt Island on the subway. And then once you got off the subway, it was like this 30-minute walk. And then everyone was waiting for like an hour and a half to get into their seats. And then models fainted and like one model tripped. It was kind of seen as a disaster, basically. I love how even after models fainted and tripped, you still say kind of a disaster. (laughs) Like, what would have made it a full-blown disaster in your mind? If, like, Kim Kardashian had gotten, like, a fly in her face during a selfie, maybe. But, like, it was crazy to me even that everyone this time was just like, oh, yeah, okay, another Kanye show. Like, that last one was so crazy. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. It was pretty bad very unordered and it was just sort of like everyone waiting and all these editors i recognized were like waiting outside and you know not anna wintour but the other ones (laughs) and like it was just this kind of really intense scene and like the clothes people sort of felt like things that they had seen before from him so it didn't feel fresh in that way so i don't know people just kind of forget 
<laughs> so wow. no one fainted this year, but it was very interesting because I feel like he did a very deliberate kind of chorus correction. So it was in this, for him, super normal. It was in the Meatpacking District, Pier 59 or something, just in a small room. It started only 20 minutes late, which for him was practically like 30 minutes early. You know, everyone had a seat. They had a publicist come around. They make sure you had your seat information. Like it could not have been more structured compared to how it was in the past. And he didn't even make an appearance. Like he didn't come out which is pretty unusual for a fashion show. Usually the designer comes out at the end to like wave or whatever. I think that's what was interesting. And also only two Kardashians, which is, you know, like 50% fewer than has been the past. Which ones? Kim came in like this kind of all burgundy outfit. And then Kylie came late with Tyga and they didn't even wait for her to come. So that's how... (laughs) <laughs> like that was the sh- truest sign of any that that this was a whole different thing this year that like they didn't even bother waiting for Kylie Jenner. Anna Wintour was sitting next to Kim and there was, you know, all the different editors, but there weren't a lot of celebrities like Haley Baldwin was there, Lala, Zoe Kravitz. So like cool celebrities were there, but it certainly wasn't the same vibe as previous years or it was such a scene. How long did Anna Wintour have to make polite conversation with Kim? Uh, Well, that's why this was like a travesty for me. So it was like (laughs) only framing this through the Josh lens. It was in this dark room, but there was a giant rectangular pillar in the middle of the room. So you couldn't see anything across from you. You could only see the people sitting directly next to you. So, of course, my luck, Kim and Anna were on... exactly like 180 across from me so i couldn't see them the entire time i just had to like look at people looking at them you know what i mean oh, no. like, it's like the worst kind of torture the worst kind of torture nothing worse than that <laughs> but i did get a glimpse of both of them at the end because it was actually kind of amazing so the whole show was just video projections the models weren't actually present in the room which was also kind of unusual and then at the very end the models came out, did a quick walk. And then the music kind of kept playing and no one was really unsure what was happening. And I think people were waiting maybe for, you know, Kanye to come from the ceiling or like, you know, Caitlyn Jenner to emerge on a float from the bottom of the ground or whatever. You know, some spectacle Kanye West kind of style signature thing. But nothing like that happened. Everyone was kind of looking around, waiting. And then Kim, as the sign that the show was over, just stood up from her seat and left the room But before she left, she turned around and motioned for Anna to follow her. So Anna then stood up and walked out. You had a great Snapchat of the fashion shows over when When Anna Anna went to her leaves. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It was like Kim left, then Anna left, and then everyone left. Because then it was clear that once Kim and Anna had left the building, it was over. But it was a kind of a strange, unceremonious sort of close to the show. Was anyone coordinating this fashion show? Like, I think, Kanye, you can hire someone to get on a headset. (laughs) I think maybe it was that it was sort of intentionally left, sort of rough. Had a feeling of a draft of something, you know? So what's the vibe like at a fashion show, at least around your area? It was kind of insane. The 10 minutes before the show started, there was an altercation behind me because three different kind of hype beastie, very cool looking dudes were all fighting for one seat and they had to pull over like an attendant, sort out the mess. They all had the same seat assignment. It's a lot of snapping and or I feel like Instagram stories have become the thing now. It was very dark, which I feel like might have been intentional. I tried to take a photo and of course... 
nerd that I am, the flash went off. Everyone like turned to me immediately, which was like super gauche. I was not seen as cool in this venue. And also it was interesting to me, everyone was dressed. Like the clothes in this show this year were very much like big jackets and kind of leisure wear, sweatpants. It's all this like kind of current trend of whatever, you know, like comfort. And all the people in the audience had the same kind of vibe. So I felt like everyone who was there was like dressed for this particular show almost. Well, I'm picturing you in the audience in one of those oversized sweatshirt sacks (laughs) and like matching (laughs) leggings. What did you wear? I could not pull that off. I feel like I just wore all black because I felt like that would help me blend in the most. (laughs) That sounds sad when I say it that way. But like, I don't know. Do they serve drinks or food at New York no, Fashion nothing. Week it was, shows? No, nothing. It was pretty warm in the room. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was oh like my God. it was like it was like your Grammys experience. Like hungry, <laughs> thirsty, with nowhere to move. Was Dr. Drew there at least? Did you have that? <laughs> no, I wish I had had a sighting that kind of exciting. No Ron Jeremy. No Dr. Drew. No Two Chains. No Kanye. I mean, that was the weirdest part. Wow. No North. I was hoping for maybe a North sighting. She's been at shows in the past. Weird. He really stripped it down this year. Well, that's the thing. I think he was trying to be like, I'm a legitimate designer, you know, which maybe worked. I don't know. I feel like the one at the island, everyone was going crazy about like, you know, so I feel like this time it was very much no nonsense. Did Kendall or any other really famous models? No, no. Isn't that also weird? Chris Jenner didn't come, which like, you know, Chris Jenner shows up for, you know, Kylie's like strep throat appointment. So like, I'm kind of surprised <laughs> that she wasn't there. I feel like that was intentional. Neither Kylie nor Kendall walked in the show and Kendall didn't even come. And Kendall was in Fashion Week. I read online that Kendall was in another show at the time, but like, come on. So I feel like maybe he was purposely trying to distance himself a little from the Kardashian brand, too. Wow. Do you think that's a smart move? I kind of feel like he's intentionally maybe thinking that that's going to help him gain legitimacy in the fashion world. I don't know. I'm not a big fashion person, but I don't think I have much interest in Kanye outside of the Kardashian sphere. Well, that's I was wondering if Kim was annoyed. Did he say like, you know, I don't want your mom to come to this? Did she have to let Chris know that like she wasn't welcome this year? I know this is so difficult. And you know that tortured Chris to not be able to come. Oh, she lives for these events. (laughs) I know, that's the thing. She had the paparazzi (laughs) called. They were wait like she had her hair and makeup planned. I'm really feeling for Chris. And then he was like, I only want Kylie and Kim. Or maybe he said that. We don't actually know, I guess. (laughs) Or maybe Kim made the call. Maybe Kim was like, we're paring it down this year. But no, no other real Fashion Week excitement other than that I had brunch next to Sienna Miller, which felt like Fashion Weeky to me with her daughter. And she's very chic and glamorous. And that felt like I was getting the, um, you know, whatever, the effects of having Sienna Miller near me. Oh, my gosh. What did she order? Like, it described the scene. Impossible to see. But Tom Sturridge, who is the father of her daughter, was there. And then her daughter. Are they not together? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I think they're separated, right? They seemed very friendly at this brunch, though. And clearly they're having like a New York brunch together. So they're on good enough terms for that. And their daughter was wearing this princessy pink, almost like costumey dress. Looked like she was having a ball walking around Baltazar. Oh, it's such a great Fashion Week sighting, especially after that Vogue documentary. What was it? The September issue? Oh, yeah. Which was like her. Wasn't she on the cover of that? She was on the cover. They had a crisis over her hair. She did not want to cut her hair short, so they had to use a wig. It was a whole thing. Yeah, she's very much to me the like embodiment of the fashion sort of 
She always manages to pull off what she's wearing, you know. <laughs> was Sienna's daughter well-behaved? Oh, yeah, she was, though she seemed to know. Oh, I, wait, there's another great aspect to this. So at one point, we saw the daughter wandering. I was kind of like, what's happening? And then she went to sit with this other table. So I was like, oh, wow, okay. I assumed it wasn't strangers because Sienna didn't even seem to so much as look up from her, you know, French onion soup. But she, I'm making that up. I don't know. For the record, I do not know if Sienna Miller ordered French onion soup. But then we looked over and she was with this other group. And so um, I was with Louisa, friend of the podcast. And oh, us. oh, how can you bury the headline? <laughs> I know. Forget our... Sienna Miller. You were at brunch with Louisa. Dear what did Louisa, Louisa eat? Louisa ordered. Um, oh, my gosh. How am I blanking on this? Gosh, I'm a terrible oh, friend that I don't remember. You are. Um, <laughs> I ordered avocado toast. That's all I remember what I ordered. I'm such a selfish, horrible person. You Anyways, are. So... Everything else in the room was like hazy for Josh, <laughs> except for Sienna Miller and her daughter were perfectly envisioned. But then anyway, so we look around and, and then we thought maybe that she knew these people from school, like some chic Soho school. Maybe it was like one of her daughter's friends. Because like it seemed like they were so comfortable. You know, we didn't know who it could be. And then finally, when the friends were leaving, I looked up and it was Charlotte Gainsbourg. Oh my gosh, that is the coolest kid so in Sienna the world. So Sienna Miller's daughter had like walked away from where her mom and dad were sitting in the restaurant to sit with like the coolest French actress who was with someone I don't really know, but I was like, wow, that's Charlotte Gainsbourg. Wow. And Sienna just kind of like waved over. So I don't know. I don't know what the relationship of them is. I don't know if they've been in a movie together or anything, but it was... Another like Sushi Park style thing, though, with two separate tables. This was like the hipster chic version of our Sushi Park experience. Instead of Jay-Z and Leo at two separate tables, it was Sienna and Charlotte at separate tables. <laughs> Isn't that kind of crazy, though? Well, I'm worried about Louisa, your poor <laughs> forgotten brunch date. Is she still at the restaurant? <laughs> you just left. You had to go back and like file some I follow- I followed this. Sienna Miller's daughter out of the restaurant and haven't heard from Louisa since, so I don't know. This is like an abrupt transition, but from Yeezy to Jolizy. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. From Kanye Pax, to Angelina. Pax is going to use that as his <laughs> DJ name. Jolizy. Jolizy just came to me. I'm about to toot my own horn, but what a genius coinage that was. You're going to get on Squarespace and start up your own yes, website. Jolizy.com. If any of those kids become a DJ, that should be their name, though. Well, I think Angie said that either Maddox or Pax, they're interested in DJing. Oh, in- really? Yes. And um, they both probably would prefer careers in music over Hollywood. So uh, you joke, <laughs> but I know that this is the name he's been searching for. So we're in the Limelight International. Angelina is in Cambodia, right? Yes. She's promoting, I believe, the Netflix movie she made with Maddox, right? Yes. I feel like she was dominating celebrity blog headlines this whole weekend. She just gave all these interviews. She made all these press op appearances. Because this was her first real like big series of appearances since the divorce, right? Right. Brad had to promote Allied after. And then he had some other documentary. So he had a couple of projects to promote before Angie. But this is her return. And she brought the whole squad. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I had a cynical comment about that, but go on. <laughs> yeah, like she, the whole, every, you know, obviously not Brad, but every child was there. They did a series of photo ops, including one which we're excited to talk about. But wait, what was your, I was curious what your take was. 
Well, Angelina Jolie is famous in Hollywood for not having a publicist. A right. fact that I think became very clear yesterday when video <laughs> went viral of Angie cooking all of these bugs and eating them with her kids and talking about how she enjoys eating <laughs> bugs. It was a wild clip. Like, no one vetted this idea, I feel like. No, can you imagine being her publicist? And she emails you, Josh, I had the best idea. We're going to do this segment with the kids where we cook (laughs) bugs, different bugs, and then eat them live on air. What would you even do? My favorite moment in the video is, uh, I forget the name of the woman doing the interview, but she ends up trying the bugs. And you can see there's like this split second, like, hesitation in her eyes. And she's like, wait, am I actually about to eat this spider or whatever it is? It was a full-on tarantula that Angie (laughs) pan-fried. I don't think she really added any seasoning. And then she pulled out the legs and offered one to the reporter and the reporter chewed very slowly and then forced a grin on her face and said i can see why you're into this if angelina jolie offered you like i'm trying to think i feel like i would eat anything she gave me i feel like you just have to eat it right like what would you do you would have eaten it too Well, I feel like there was a whole team meeting at whatever (laughs) network that was where they had who's going to take the bullet here and go on air and eat that tarantula leg. I mean, it was like straight up moving. I I don't think I could have done it. I think I would have had a panic attack. I almost had a panic attack watching. Like, I need therapy after seeing that. That was a lot. And she was so placid and calm while eating it. And she was making jokes. Like, you start out with a beer and a cricket, (laughs) and then you work your way up to different insects. And I love when she said, like, oh, and, like, the flavor is really nice. What did she, like, something about the flavor being, like, magnificent? And I was like... The flavor's really good. And then Knox, in the background, (laughs) called her out on it. He's like, it tastes like a flavorless chip. (laughs) That was my favorite part of the whole. What a burn. It tastes like a flavorless chip. And the way he says it, too, with like that deadpan kind of, um, his delivery was great. Maybe the others want to be DJs, but I feel like he has a career in some sort of like <laughs> commentating or acting. Well, I'm just worried because those kids seem genuinely excited to be around the, you know, this little electric stove in the middle of like a field in Cambodia for this press opportunity to like cook these different insects. I'm I'm really worried. Can't you just see? I was also just thinking about the Genesis. This was definitely an idea she had a month ago, I feel like, and like put it into her phone, you know? Like, I know what we're going to do. When we go to Cambodia for the release, we're going to cook these insects. Knox and Viv are going to come with me. This is like so to me her. It almost reminds me of like before she was with Brad, you know, and she used to like, she used to be so much more, I don't know. She had this kind of, not dangerous, but this edge to her, you know, that was almost coming back, I felt. You think she was somewhere on a plane recently. She opened up her notes app. (laughs) Yeah. She had this idea. She had to record it. Well, I'm also curious. Can you imagine that childhood for those kids? And I just wonder if this moment, like where your mom made you go on air and eat a fried tarantula leg for cameras, will even make it. Well, like, that's the thing. They seemed all very... I don't know. Most kids their age, I feel like if you gave them a bug, they'd freak out and not want to eat it. These kids did not even flinch. I guess she acted as if it was a common thing for them. But like, what are their meals? They must have gourmet, fancy meals normally, right? Or not? I just, when they look back on their childhood, will this moment even stick out? Or is this like one of the more normal things they've done as a family? (laughs) 
I wonder what North and Blue Ivy think of all this. <laughs> That's my other key question here. Blue Ivy would not be having it. Blue Ivy is not eating any tarantulas. I don't think she's no. like, she's not, you know. Now, what do we think Brad thinks of all of this? I just hope that Brad is in George and Amal's, like, they <laughs> gave him the garage. They bought him a bunch of power tools. Yep. I hope he doesn't have a TV or internet, and I hope he's really just busy trying to make this very modernistic, uncomfortable crib for, for George the and all. He's spending all of his yes. time, day in, day out, slaving over that. Um, we just mentioned Blue. Let's check in with Blue. I got an excited text from you yesterday when you had a blue sighting. Talk to me. Where and when did you encounter blue yesterday? Ryan was watching some big basketball game, Julie's and husband, I can't. Ryan. <laughs> Right. And I don't really care about sports, but he did mention as he was watching, like, Beyonce and Jay-Z and their kid are there. So I immediately sit down because, of course, I have to see this. And sure enough, they are. Beyonce was in some fantastic, like, Gucci kimono. Yes. With, like, eight-inch stiletto heels. Who needs maternity wear from Target when you have that? Blue Ivy was in a Gucci dress. She was wearing this lime green dress with two dogs on it, which I thought like, oh, how cute. Beyonce went to Target and got her something appropriate for her age. And then later I realized, Josh, what was it? It was $1,800, right? Right. An $1,800 Gucci dress. I mean, she pulled it off. Wait, is that dress... It is, can adults buy that dress or is it like for kids only not not asking for myself to be clear oh my gosh i think for kids only but josh that would be a really good halloween costume for you i feel like we could we could definitely make that wait a few other things one the fact that ryan was moved by seeing beyonce i feel like is telling because he's not the hugest beyonce fan right Well, he wasn't moved as much as he really wants to convert me into a sports fan. Oh, so this was his way to draw you in. Right. He knew I couldn't resist that. (laughs) And my other question is, don't you think it would be distracting to play a game with Beyonce and Blue in these outfits sitting right there? Like, how are you paying any attention to the game at hand? Well, those pro athletes visualize beforehand, but if you or I were like an NBA player, I feel like all of our visualization, it wouldn't be about making that three-point shot. It would be about continuing to function with Jay-Z or Beyonce courtside. We would have been prepped for that moment. I feel like I wouldn't want to look, I wouldn't want to even sweat, you know? You know when you're at the gym and like your crush is there or something? (laughs) Like... Gosh, this is getting a little too personal, probably. (laughs) You don't even want to, like, sweat or do anything because you want to, like, make sure you look cool. Right. We would have faked an injury to be on the bench. (laughs) Yeah, faked an injury, gotten, like, some cool jacket, maybe, like, a fan in front of me with, like, a nice, cool, sparkling water. And then I would just, like, sit, position myself, make sure my hair looked good, and get ready right in front of Beyonce's line of vision. Oh, Did they look like they were having fun in the glimpses you saw on TV? I saw one Instagram. Jay-Z looked really into the game, and Blue Ivy and Beyonce kind of looked as into the game as you or I might be. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you are a huge, huge basketball fan. But for me, sports games are always about getting the snacks, getting one good Instagram, and then maybe looking around to see, like, what other celebrities. Oh, yeah. Any, no, that's my... Whenever there. I go to anything like that. I was at the Westminster Dog Show last week. Oh, I want to hear about this. You went there on Valentine's I Day. I did go there on Valentine's Day with my friend Andrew, friend of the podcast as well. But I was there purely to see what snaps or Instagrams I could get. Oh, we got, we got in trouble, though, actually, because we went to... 
was at Madison Square Garden. It was set wherever you want. You didn't have an assigned seat. So it was kind of a free-for-all. And we went to the top, and there was this kind of area you could go for an amazing Instagram. It kind of was directly on top of the, like, field where the dogs were running around. And this, like, security guard had to come get rid of us because, like, apparently we weren't allowed to be there. So we were, like, the rebels of the Westminster Dog Show purely to try to get a gram. How did Westminster Dog Show on Valentine's Day come about? Because I would I would write this movie. I want this adapted into some sort of play. It, you know what was, Andrew and I were commenting after? It was interesting that the fact that it was Valentine's Day did not seem to be registering to anyone. Like, they could have thrown a, like, you know, th- thrown a bone. I was about to say throw a bone. That's so bad. <laughs> like, they could have, they could have at least put up, like, some sort of heart balloon or something. There was no nod to Valentine's Day whatsoever, which I felt like was kind of strange. And it didn't seem like anyone was really on dates, so to speak. There was no sense of romance in the air. And I feel like they really could have leaned into that more. Well, I guess those two spheres don't really intersect at all. I don't know. <laughs> Dog lovers and romantics. A lot of the people we were watching in the audience were very militant about looking up every dog on their phone. <laughs> My favorite part was every dog got introduced with a little descriptor. You know, like Teddy loves like a good laugh and he's very trustworthy, but don't act too stern to him or he might run into the cupboard. You know, they would give you like a little like humanistic backstory. It's like they each have their own real housewives. Like, <laughs> yes. <tagline. laughs> yeah. They're like, you don't want to mess with Reggie when he's angry. It was like that. That was the style when they introduced each dog. And then the dog would come out, prance around. My f- other favorite part was watching the um, handlers have to sprint. And these were these handlers were not in shape. And they had to <laughs> kind of like keep up with the dogs. I feel like this is the unspoken part of the Westminster Dog Show. Because you don't see the handlers on TV. They really zoom in on that dog. But behind each of these beautiful, well-manicured dogs is like an out-of-breath handler. Josh, are you a dog person? No, I'm not. <laughs> so like, that was the other <laughs> I feel like everyone else there was like loving these dogs so much. And I was just kind of like, I kept saying to Andrew, like these dogs, I don't like their way their hair is cut. There was too much hair. I wanted to see more of like the actual form of the dog. (laughs) Anyways, this is for a different podcast for a different time. I love that you were front row of everything from like Kanye's fashion show to Westminster. Like you really covered a lot of bases And that was all within 24 hours. I know. You could do a funny like slideshow of Westminster dog show audience members and Kanye West audience members. (laughs) I bet you were the only person at both, both. Shows. I probably, I may have been the only person at both. Interesting. I'd be curious to find that out. I don't know how. If you were at both, let us know. <laughs> but Blue Ivy, Blue Ivy was enjoying that basketball. Is there a good, can you think of a good Blue Ivy to Lindsay Lohan transition? I really don't think there's anything here. Well, I did like the Blue Ivy. She did hit the concessions pretty hard at the basketball game. She got Skittles and cotton candy. Which oh. it's kind of sad that I'm noting that. that. <laughs> but anyway, from Blue Ivy to what? what no, I love that. I love that concessions note. Oh my god! So well, she is getting Skittles and cotton candy like a normal child. Poor Maddox. Oh, and is he, Viv is he are co- eating fried tarantulas. I wow, that was a transition this- back. I loved that. That was like a <laughs> referencing the text kind of moment. 
Oh my gosh, I Viv, all Viv wants to do is Freaky Friday with Blue <laughs> Ivy. And I mean, who doesn't want a Freaky Friday with Blue um, Ivy? Like clicking their heels, saying the same thing, and then Viv gets to hang out, go to the Grammys, wear like cool print suits, and sit courtside and get candy. That's all she wants. But this actually works perfectly, right, Josh? Yeah. Freaky Friday transition? No, that was great. Um, So... From one Freaky Friday. Oh scenario. my gosh, that's when you were doing a Freaky <laughs> Friday transition. Gosh, that I like had a moment of being lost there. Okay, yeah, right. Freaky Friday, Lindsay Lohan. There we go. I don't know how you can miss. <laughs> that was so direct. I don't know how you could get off track. Okay, so Lindsay Lohan posted something on Instagram this weekend that was kind of amazing, and we want to quickly touch on it. I actually printed out... <laughs> no one's ever printed out a Lindsay Lohan Instagram post before. I love that you were so moved. <laughs> anyway, so here's what she wrote. She said, I will sing again as Ariel, the Little Mermaid. Disney, approve that Bill Condon directs it, along with my sister, Aliana Music, singing the theme song for the soundtrack. Also, K. Graham SFB plays Ursula simply because she is the best. Take one, Disney Studios. And then she posted this like kind of phenomenal composite of Ariel and her. This was so specific. I just loved everything about it. I liked that she had the director already picked out, Bill Condon, famous director, looking out for that sister. I love that she was like, and Allie will be our gaffer. Always like trying to find a job for Allie. Yeah, it's like really cute. Isn't that like an appealing attribute that she's always looking out for her sister? I don't know. I'm always a sucker for anyone who looks out for their sibling like that. Okay, but then my other favorite, did you click on this handle, Julie? The K. Graham, who's a, she wants to play Ursula. She's a bodybuilder in New Jersey <laughs> with like 30,000 followers. She's not an actress. She's not famous. I think Lindsay made a mistake. I don't, I can't, it's such a specific handle that I guess it wasn't a mistake, but she wants this random bodybuilder to play Ursula. It just doesn't make any sense simply because she is the best. <laughs> like, and I was looking at this bodybuilder's Instagram posts and they're all like her CrossFit workouts, like her <laughs> teaching, like her teaching a class of young kids how to lift weights. No mention of Hollywood, no mention of Lindsay. Does she look like <laughs> yeah, scary? Does she look like, know, does she look like a Disney that's villain? The thing. Like, what does Ursula look like? I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess she could play Ursula. Who knows? I mean, in this like dream fantasy Lindsay Lohan Ursula, I guess, sure. It was just everything about this is crazy. And then it got a lot of pickup yesterday, and then she deleted this whole caption. So the composite still remains, but she just replaced it with a hashtag. What's the hashtag? I think it just says the little mermaid. So clearly, I guess she got enough blowback i don't know what well Lindsay, even if disney doesn't get back to you i think you should still do some sort of production of the little mermaid starring you that weightlifter and Allie. do you think this movie could get traction julie <laughs> i think it could get some sort of kickstarter yeah. like low budge traction I would watch the documentary about the making of this. I think it could totally be like a Kickstarter thing. And yeah, the documentary, she did that Oprah documentary, which was fantastic. So, you know, I'd love to see that more than I'd like to see the movie, maybe. Do you think she's ever going to have a comeback? Like a real Hollywood comeback? I don't know. It seems like too far gone at this point now. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I said that in such a sober. What do you think? 
I think it's possible, maybe, like in a few years. I feel like maybe in a few years she'll have a renaissance. I think she needs distance, Mm -hmm. and then she could do like a Mickey Rourke type damaged character that gets some Oscar buzz. And this happens. Like, look at Robert Downey Jr. um, I don't know. I can't think of anyone else right now. But like, you know, people come back from all sorts of things and then have great success. Perseverance. Speaking of perseverance, speaking of positive vibes, speaking of believing that anything is possible, as Lindsay clearly does, what happened with Megan? She has a strange post. Last we'd heard from her, she resurfaced on Instagram to post a photo of her feet with the words in chalk on some sidewalk, positive. No bad energy. No bad energy. Oh my God, Julie, you're all kicked off the podcast for not remembering that correctly. Our tattoo this week. (laughs) Julie and I are getting no bad energy tattoos when I'm in LA this week. Right. And now she posted on the TIG a playlist called Positive Vibes. So you sent me that Daily Mail thing that was like comparing her song choices to Kate Middleton's favorite songs. And these songs they were making the point are way more like hipster kind of indie alternative songs. Like I haven't heard. Have you heard of any of these singers? I'm sure everyone has. And I'm going to sound like an idiot. Oh, Janelle Monet, I've heard of. Or no. We'll see her this week. Yeah, the She's in two fabulous Oscar-nominated na- movies, Moonlight and Hidden Figures. She's one of the people I want to make sure I see. She's so good in both those movies, and I just think she's awesome. But, like, who else? Have you heard of any of these other people? Crystal Fighters, Dragonette. Okay, but I think the bigger question is, is Megan okay? Because <laughs> first she posted this No Bad Energy Instagram. Now she's posting out of seemingly nowhere a Positive Vibes playlist. I know, because I think we can all agree that no one's going on the TIG looking for a Positive Vibes playlist. So this was more for herself. So what's your theory? Do you think something's going on? Do you think it's just a coincidence? Is Kate involved in any way? (laughs) Right. Is the queen in failing health? And this is just Megan's way of kind of trying to get the universe. I mean, I don't know. There definitely seems to be something that is making her want. And and as we said last week, we could all use that kind of, you know, positive energy in our life. Also, Julie, we have to listen to all these songs, which we should have done before today. Well, you're going to be out tomorrow. Josh flies out tomorrow for the rest of our Oscar week. And we already have a lot planned, a lot to do, including... Very easily, we can listen to this playlist. Yeah, we'll see if playlist. it puts us in the right mindset. We're going to go back to Sushi Park. Yes, we are going to return. I feel like we might be like uh, pushing our luck by hoping to see another kind of set of celeb sightings. Also, we should note that uh, someone informed us, or maybe we, I forget how we figured this out, but Jay-Z and Chris Martin went back to Sushi Park after we saw them there too. So this is like a regular spot for them. So I think we're hoping for Beyonce this time. Oh, no, she can't have sushi because she's pregnant. She can't have sushi. Who are we hoping hoping for? Blue Ivy. We're hoping for Jay to bring Blue Ivy along for his regular Chris Martin night. I mean, I'm hoping for Meghan Markle and Harry. That that would be our ultimate. And then what else? And then we have a lot of events to go to. We have a number of Oscar pre-parties, the Indie Spirit Awards on Saturday. Right, which, Josh, I wanted to tell you that the wardrobe attire for me suggesting to you is kind of like solange for what the indie spirits indie spirits so i don't know oh, yeah. what you, you have just planned need to get a, like... a casual solange caliber look you know i just have 10 of those in my closet <laughs> some sort of like colorful caftan what are you gonna wear to suit. the indie spirits a red pantsuit oh my a, a red jumper it's a red jumper type oh my thing. gosh i'm gonna find a way to match maybe i'll wear like a red vest or something 
or else you will have made that adult size blue ivy green dress by that time. Oh, right. And then our black tie outfits will come out on Sunday for the Oscars themselves. So we have a lot of Oscar coming your way. Right. And we will also be this year Vanity Fair inside the official Oscar after party. They're setting up a little booth for us to live stream from with our colleagues from Little Gold Men. We'll have more details that we'll tweet out about that. But that's very exciting. Yeah, you guys. And you can see what we look like in real life if you don't know already. And also, you little gold men this week, we should note Vanity Fair's Oscar award season podcast is doing five episodes, one every day this week. Make sure to check out all the little gold men episodes, but especially on Thursday, Julie is going to come on their show to talk about the Vanity Fair Oscar parties of years past. Right. Is there anything else we have, Josh? I don't know. That was a lot of like groundskeeping logistical stuff. So that does it for this week's In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review us on iTunes. It really helps us find new listeners and we really appreciate it. Also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to further discuss these subjects. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm Jay Duboff. And you can also check us out on Instagram, which uh, we'll be posting all sorts of photos, hopefully this week from Los Angeles. Our handle is In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by the wonderful Alana Milner. Thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.